Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. I want to talk to you today about set up for victory. Uh, those of you who may not know, just to give you some back of the story, uh, this is Joseph, who is the son of Jacob. And at the beginning of chapter 37, it talks about how he gave a report to his brothers, of his brothers to his father, while they were out, you know, attending to the sheep. And it caused his brothers to be in discord with him. They did not like him. Well, some people want to argue that his brother's not like him because he told on him. Some people want to say they never liked him because if you know the story, Jacob had a few wives, so he had a few sets of children. And those of you who know who come from a family of multiple sets of children, and you don't, even when you share the exact same DNA, sometimes there's a little friction, but even if there's another DNA in there, there's even more friction sometimes. We don't know. We just read. So we're not going to interpret that. But they did not like Joseph. So Joseph later on had a dream. And he shared this dream. And the dream went that, you know, they were out tending to the um, crop. And they both was taking up their crop. And what he took up, his brothers bowed to what Joseph took up. So they were upset because he was younger than them. And those of you who know anything about lineage, special in biblical times, the older usually was the one who everything was passed down to. You know, you were usually the one who everyone looked up to, you know, the responsibility. So they had a problem because how are you going to be the younger brother and also be the one that we bow down to? Well, then he later had another dream. And in this dream, he then told his father, well, he told his brothers again, so they were upset. So this time they told their dad, which is Jacob. And Jacob did not rebuke him, but he basically seemed like he was siding with his brothers. But he did not rebuke him. He just made note of it and kind of let it go. So getting to where we're going, Joseph, his brothers went out and they went to a land called Shechem for the sheep so they could graze and be, you know, watered and all that kind of stuff. And his dad sent him so he could report again. Now, some of you like, well, you, they hated you the first time. Why would you go back and tell again? Well, he wasn't going back to tell. He was going back to do his job. So sometimes when you are doing your job, you will get put in predicaments where it will look like you are the negative person, but continue to do your job as Joseph did. So Joseph did his job. Well, he was going to do his job. And so mind you, just for a little note for you all, Shechem was 50 miles away from where they lived. So dad sent me out. To go walk 50 miles, which is a few days journey, to go find my brothers. To then find out they weren't even there. They had went to another land, which was maybe an hour or two away. So, could you imagine walking from here to Shelbyville? 
to give a report because the report had to come back home. So he wasn't done when he got 50 miles because he had to turn around and come back. So just, just make a note of that. But anyway, so he got to Shikam, and his brothers wasn't there, so he went to where his brothers were. And they saw him coming, and this is where we pick up. They saw him coming, and they said, here comes this dreamer. After they had conspired to kill him. These were not friends. These were not people he didn't know. These were not people he did not grow up in the same house with. These were his brothers. And for whatever reason, they hated him so that when they saw him coming, they conspired to kill him. And because he was a dreamer, they looked at it negatively. And sometimes, again, like I said, he was doing his job. What was Joseph's job? You will get it more, but he was an interpreter. He had the gift of interpretation of dreams. And when you have certain gifts and you have certain jobs and you get put in certain places, people will not appreciate it if it does not go towards them. And why do you say that? Well, because his brothers was mad because the Lord gave him a dream and it did not enlighten them or it did not move in their favor or it did not go the way they thought the dream should go. So they were upset. So after they conspired to kill him and they said, here comes this dreamer, Reuben, which is one of the brothers, told them, no, let's not do that. We are not going to uh, kill, you know, our brother. The blood will be required on us. So if you look at, there came a surprise for Joseph as he was coming along. And in this surprise, first in Genesis chapter 37, Verses 23 through 28. First, he was, they stripped him of his coat of many colors that his father had made for just him. So they came after him in a way that would really mean something to him. It was not just the point that we are going, we are coming for you and we are coming for you with all that we got. And when they stripped him of his coat, they later then put him in a pit. Well, the pit wasn't good enough because they then sold him to some strangers that was coming along the way. How can your brothers, the people you love, lived in the house with, strip you of your coat that your father gave you, that you was identified by, put you in a pit, take you out of the pit, and then sell you to strangers that came along the way? And then not only that, they took the coat, put it, put it in animal's blood and took it back home to their father and later said that your son was devoured by animals. Your own family, your own blood went this far to go against you. But remember, it's all a setup. So then there came the journey after all of that happened after they took him out of the pit. They stripped him. They took him out of the pit. They sold him. Then comes the journey. And in Genesis chapter 37, verse 36, he ends up in Potiphar's house. 
Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him to an Egypt, to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. And then you go on in, in verse 39, he goes through another experience. But while he was in Potiphar's house, he did well. He did his job. How many of you can say after you have been stripped, put in a pit, sold to strangers that you are not going to complain about where you are? In this whole story, Joseph has yet to murmur. Joseph has yet to curse God. Joseph has yet to say, I, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. He just continued to do his job. So in Potiphar's house, he did his job. He did it so well that Potiphar's wife then took an eye for him. So here we go in 39, verse 17, 17 through 20. And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison. Go back to, no, let me take that back. After, before we go there, before he ended up in prison, the reason he ended up in prison is because Potiphar's wife wanted him so bad, she accused him of being with her. Potiphar ran in this situation. I mean, Potiphar didn't run. Joseph ran from Potiphar's wife, and he ran so fast that he left his clothes. In the meaning of, in the midst of leaving his clothes, Potiphar, uh, Potiphar's wife felt like she had evidence against him. Sometimes in the middle of you not arguing, in the middle of you not proving yourself, people will think they got evidence to prove you wrong. But remember, keep doing your job and don't get distracted. So he ran. So she went to Potiphar and said, look, this man tried to have your wife. He tried to be with me. Here's the evidence. Now, here we go. After that, he then got put in jail. As soon as his master heard and put him into prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. After he ran for his life, after he tried to save his job, save, he respected Potiphar's soul. He didn't want any interference with his wife. So he took, he did what he was supposed to do and still got placed in prison. But even on his journey while he was in prison, he was still yet interpreting dreams. Because there were two men who had also been put in prison and he later interpreted their dreams. One, he had to tell him, well, that basically the interpretation of your dream is, in three days, you're going to die. The other, his interpretation was, in three days, you're going to be restored. So that is what I'm telling you. Every time you have an assignment from God, it is not about pleasing people. Do your job. Do your job. He could not hesitate. All he had to do was interpret. Sometimes we get to the place to where we want to please people. So we mess up because we don't do our assignment because we don't want to hurt your feelings. 
It is not about, thank you for the encouragement, baby. Thank you. It is not about you pleasing everybody. Just do what God assigned you to do and you will be all right. After he got put in prison, I said it's the gift, but I want to call it the reward. Because after he interpreted that to those men, those men, once they got restored, they, he got restored back into the house of Egypt. And so Pharaoh, in turn, also had a dream that needed to be interpreted. And there was no one in the land that he knew of that could interpret the dream until the man that had been restored that was in prison said, I know a man. So when he came and said, I know a man, he told Pharaoh about this man. So Pharaoh summoned for Joseph to come. So when Joseph came, he interpreted the dream. And some of you who don't know, the dream was about the famine that was coming in the land. He had, it was seven years of plenty, and then it was seven years of famine. It was basically how the dream was interpreted. Because there were seven years the cows was fat, and then there were seven years that the cows were famished, skinny. So he needed to know what that meant. When Joseph came, he told him, this is not two dreams, it's one dream, and they mean this. So not only do they mean this, after you hear what I tell you, you need to put somebody in place that can help you restore the land and save up for this seven years of plenty before the seven years of famine came. All of this was coming from the Lord. All of this was his ability that God had given him to interpret. And when his, he did what he was supposed to do, doing his job, not complaining, not still talking about what his brothers had did to him, he then was restored into the house of Pharaoh. And this is where the gift comes in at Genesis chapter 41, verses 40 and 41. You shall be over my house, and all people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will be greater than you. 41. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land. Now, let me backtrack a little bit, go way back to one of the dreams that he told his brothers. The dream that he had with his brother and he told his mother and father is that basically y'all will bow down to me, but he didn't mean it in a negative way. But I will be, oh, there will come a time when you all will have to come to me. Now, just to give you a little lesson, a little history, Joseph was 17 when his brothers put him in a pit stripped him of his coat, sold him to strangers. So from 17 to 30 was his journey. From 17 to, from 30, he was in Potiphar's wife, I mean Potiphar's uh, house, then in prison, and then restored. When this happened, uh, Joseph was 30 years old. Can you imagine what it looks like to go through that for 17 years. 
This man did not complain. He did not murmur. He did everything he was supposed to do and excelled while he was doing it for 17 years. We complain when we don't get it in six months. We get wore out when we come. Oh, Lord, we've been praying for two years and it still ain't happened. But in the middle of you praying, are you working? In the middle of you praying, are you yet doing your assignment that the Lord gave for you to do? Are you yet working in the position to where you can edify and help others? Which Joseph was doing. So then he goes on after he is restored well, put in place and given this honor and uh, all this power, he still had work to do. Because as he was going, you know, he mandated all the made all the mandates for the land. He made all the um, what you came to him. You had to come to Joseph to get excuse me, to get what you needed while the famine was going on. Well, then in this time, his dad, who was yet still living, heard that there was food to be had because the famine was going on. They had already experienced the seven years of plenty. Now they're starting the beginning of the uh, seven years of famine. So when his dad heard that there was food, he sent his sons to go see Pharaoh, not knowing who they had to deal with. So that's why I'm trying to encourage you. If you're in position and you're doing what God told you to do, don't look for vindication all the time. It will come when the Lord is ready, when you are actually strong enough to handle it. Because sometimes we want vindication and we want it just to put our hands in somebody's face and say, look what God is doing for me while you did that. That is not the case. I don't want to move ahead, but that is not the case. Learn to glorify God in the middle of whatever you're going through. Even get to the place to where you can celebrate those who have set you up. Be it family, be it co-workers, be it those who were friends who you thought, whatever the case, learn how to glorify God and give God all you have while you are going through. So when they saw that there was food in the land and they got sent, they had to go to Pharaoh. And I'm just giving you a story because it covers a few chapters. But not that they have to go once, they went twice. And both times the person who they had to see when they went to get food was Jacob. It was Joseph, I'm sorry. So when Joseph saw them the first time, they did not know who he was. His own brothers did not know who he was. He was hurt. He went away and he cried. But he came back and he sent them on their way with their food. And he played a little trick on them because not only did he give them their food, he gave them their money also to take back home. So when they got home, they were so confused about what had happened that they thought they were being set up. You can be so nice to people that have wronged you, they will really think something is wrong with you. Why are you that nice to me? Why are you being that nice to me? But not only, so after their food ran out that time, they had to go back a second time. 
So they got a challenge, and he told them there were some things that came with it. So when they went back, this time, you know, he, I can't say his feelings was hurt, but he was a little distraught. And this is where we're going to pick up in verse, uh, chapter 45, verses 4 and 5. He told them, I am your brother. You don't know who I am? I'm the one you sold off. I'm the one you put in a pit. I'm the one that you told my father that I am dead. I'm the one that got forgotten about, so to speak. But here you are before me. But don't be mad. Don't be distressed. Don't be angry. Because you had to do this. What do you mean you had to? You had to do this so I could be in this position to preserve your life. He had to go through. He had to, uh, he had to get put in a pit. He had to you know, be stripped. He had to be put in a pit. He had to be sold. He had then had to go to prison to be falsely accused. To do all of that at the end to save his family's life. You will be set up and don't complain. Know that you have to go through. Know that you have to count it all joy when you are going through. Because there is a reason and a purpose for everything that we experience in life. You have to get to the place to where, Lord, I am ready, I am able. Just give me the strength to go through and handle whatever the scenario or situation may be. Because he got to the place when he cried this time, he cried in front of his brothers. But I can't tell you if it was because of joy. I can't tell you if he was upset, but he just let them know. I am the one, but I love you. I'm the one. I went through this. And if you keep reading, he summons for his father and all of the family to come and live because they would not be able to sustain going back and forth. And he didn't want them to run out of money during the famine. So, you're talking about somebody who looked at almost 30 years of trial that he went through. How did you come up with that? Because I told you he was 17. It was 20 years that he went through the prison, his process, his journey. And then there was another five years of the famine of, I mean, another seven years. So that's 27. And then with the second time that he saw his brothers, the famine was two years in. They still had five more years to go. That is almost 27 years of your family not seeing you. Of you going through and after you had been elevated and he was at the place to where he was positioned to where he could have really went and caused all kind of havoc. Sometimes have you ever seen people when they get elevated, they use that position to go wreak havoc on people who have wronged them. They use that position to go and be big headed and don't want to help people. No, you did me wrong. I can't help you. 
I, I refuse. That's not what we're going to do. But the Lord elevated him at the time to where he could handle being under that kind of pressure. To where he could handle being in position to yet still love and care for his family. To yet bring them to the place to where he was that they would never have to worry about food or anything. They was going to live as he lived. Reason why I'm telling you you have been set up for victory because there is times when you are going through but there's going to come a time when you will be able to lift your hands and tell God thank you and those who set you up won't have nothing to do but rejoice with you. It's just like when Jesus told the people, I must go. If Jesus would have never went to Calvary, we would never know what the Holy Ghost is. We would never know what it is to have a place to look for. He said, I am going, but when I go, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Jesus went through everything so we could rise in victory, so we could walk in victory, so we could live in victory continuously. There comes you have to be able to celebrate. If we did not have Jesus to go through, we would not know what it is to have the Holy Ghost. Why is the Holy Ghost so important? Because that is your comforter. That is what gives you peace. That is what gives you direction. That is what lets you find hope in a dark place. Because you can hear the voice of God. You can hear him when he's speaking to you. You can hear him when he's talking to you. We are at the place to where we have to learn how to celebrate in everything. In everything, give thanks. Everything, give thanks. God, I thank you so much. We have to get to the place when I stand before you, I cannot go through everything that happened in my life over the weekend and think that's going to encourage you. I have to come in here, give God thanks. Now, can I tell you some truth? Yes, and I will. I would never lie to you, but I just told you the story. Joseph went through. Through. A lot. Don't let, you know, I come from an a older Pentecostal church at one time in my life. And my pastor used to say, God can't use no cavalry soldiers. What you mean by that? If you complaining all the time, if everything hurts your feelings, if you cannot finish your course because somebody rolled their eyes at you, if you cannot work on a team because someone doesn't necessarily uh, make you feel the best, just know God needs you. God needs you and he's giving you the ability to stand and go through that. You can make it. We have been set up for victory. We have been set up to go through. We have been set up to win. 
So just know in all that you go through, God has given you the ability to be victorious. We have been we've been singing about victory all service. When we leave this place, know that everything you are going through is working out so you can stand in victory. Believe that with all that you are. Believe that with every test you see. Believe that with every phone call you receive. Believe that with every bill that you look at that seems unbearable. God has given me victory. You will win. You are more than a winner. You are able to stand in Jesus. You are able to go through. You are able, if in all that you do, I challenge you just to look back on the story of Joseph. If you ever feel like I can't make it, I'm not going to be able to go through this. Just remember all that he went through. Remember all the years he went through it. And then what happened when he stayed in his lane? As he continued to give God victory as in being used and doing what he was supposed to, God elevated him to the place to where not only was he able to, uh, you know, have rulership in Egypt, but he was also able to bring the people who had hurt him to live also victorious. So that's the challenge I give to you. While you're praying, while you're complaining, make sure you in a place to where when God elevates you, you're able to still love and bring those up who you felt hurt you. Remember, God is not giving you power to be spiteful. God is not giving you power to be nasty. God is not giving you power to look down on others. Everything he's given you is to help to bring somebody up to where you are that they may experience the victory in Jesus that you are experiencing. We here, as I stand before you, I'm excited about everything that I'm going through, have went through, whatever the case. I tell you as I stand before you, what I will do is give God victory and what I will give God glory. What I will do is give God all I got while I am going through. Yes, now there is not one test. You will have more than one. And even after he elevates you and bring you to the place, and if you go through again, still go through the same process. Give God all the glory with all that you have in your heart. Work and work unto God. Praise him with all that you have. Give God your all and do it with an honest and a sincere heart. And he will give you the victory. He will give you the victory he will give you the victory as i stand before you i thank god for victory i thank god for victory god is able he loves you he cares for you and there is no harm that he wants to come upon you. He wants you to be victorious. He died so we could be victorious. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. 
For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at MyGrowthPoint. Until next time, keep growing.